Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion Knives. Live from the campus of Top Radio, under the direction of Guido, Scoot, and Johnson, it's the pride of podcasting. It's Got Your Ears On. All right, everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot. Hello! And Johnson. <laughs> take that, Purple Kansas. Take, take Purple purple Kansas. Purple Kansas. We got to talk at some point. We got to talk about K-State's hideous uh, uniforms that they had over the weekend. Someone <laughs> tweeted that K-State's uniforms are worse than TCU's court. And do you know what? It took me a minute to consider both because they're both so bad. Yeah, they are they are horrible. But we're super excited for the next month. So the whole pretty much this whole month of March uh cuz you know what? It's March Madness time and it's March Madness time with us too here on Got Your Ears On. We've got tons of shows, tons to talk about and Mr. Brett Solheim is going to join us for most of the month to break down the Mountaineers as they go into Big 12 uh tournament and into the NCAA. Brent, thanks for joining us once again. Thank you. It's always a good time with you guys. I, it's something I don't a good time maybe I mean do you know we it's, it's uh we try to make it we try to keep it real scoot tries to scoot definitely keeps it real keeping it real I always keep it real scoot scoot known for keeping <laughs> it real I, I do three things every day I strive to do three things one I like to get I like to get after it yeah okay then I, I like to take care of business all right yes. and if I've done yeah. those two things I've kept it real nice nice I like it Nice. I like it. So, guys, uh, a great week for WVU. Uh, like, we'll start from the beginning, which is we got a schedule change to start everything off. Right. We were going to travel to Baylor. We thought we had this big game in Waco, and then that game gets canceled, and the Big 12 decides to completely rework the final week and a half of scheduling, and WVU gets scheduled for four home games in a row the one that we just played on saturday three more coming up this week going into the big 12 tournament and brent like what does that mean for a team at the end of a season going into tournament time to have four games at home uh, it definitely helps one thing um at the end of the season sometimes you'll just you know get ground down um those road trips it just it, it's it's a grind it really is so to be able to not travel prior to the uh a conference tournament starting, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, and Guido, how about uh, the Big 12 making sure, you know, they couldn't accommodate us playing Baylor, but they could make sure that Baylor got that game with Iowa State in. I thought that, yeah. was, that was interesting. Well, and I thought it was interesting how they broke down the reasoning for the way they were reworking the schedules because they didn't want teams to play each other three consecutive weeks in a row. Uh, so one is, is they must not think very highly of TCU because technically I guess we could kind of play them three consecutive weeks in a row, uh, but they're probably going to lose their first round and not even get passed into the bye round. Uh, but I think for me, it's it's pretty awesome for us to be able to come back to Morgantown, you know, settle in, not have to deal with the crazy travel that the Big 12 already has, us being stuck in, we talked about it last week on the show, like stuck in Texas with Texas have so much of crazy Texas stuff going on after their yeah, that's right. winter storms. Um, and then now, you know, you're back in your own facility. You're able to kind of settle in and get ready 
to uh, tournament time. We did play one game, though, last week on the road against TCU and came out victorious 74-66. to 66. And it's nice to have these – It's not, I, I, do, I feel like we went through the gauntlet and now we're playing these teams that I'm like, ugh, like TCU's not that good, Scooty. TCU just isn't that good. No, and I mean, if, if I'm looking at Jamie Dixon – I, I understand why he went to TCU because it's his alma mater, but things have just not – they're not the same as, as what he had at Pitt. And I don't know that Pitt's been the same since he's left. No, so I, they haven't. It's just been kind of a, a weird – you know, and I, I don't I don't think that Jeff Cape, Capel's not a yeah, – I think he's an okay coach, but for whatever reason, Jamie Dixon just had a, a pretty good thing going for him at Pitt, and he cannot get that going at TCU. Well, now, I think he kind of had it going. I mean, these last couple seasons, I'm sure if you ask a TCU fan, it's been one of their more – this string of seasons have been successful by TCU basketball standards. But I think this particular season, it's kind of felt like a step back for them, don't you think? Yeah, I don't – TCU to me, I, I mean, I guess it's my East Coast bias, which I will tell you is very heavy. I, I've – as a college basketball fan, I've never really thought, man, that is a great program. That is, I mean, I, what Tubby Smith was there for a weird yeah, spell. I mean, it's just seasons, kind of like, yeah. and prior to that, um, oh, I can't even remember the guys. Or he was actually after Tubby Smith, right before Jamie Dixon. I can't remember the guy's name. He didn't last very long either. Um, but it's just kind of a weird landing spot for coaches who uh, were successful in other places and then for whatever reason don't seem to do much once they get there and you would think with the dallas area being close by that you know they could probably recruit that yeah you would think you know, pretty strongly and, and and do well yeah i think the fact that their mascot is a frog holds them back that's well, my feeling it's in the court the court you would think hey let's find some way to recruit guys brent if 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 you had the option of playing on that court with that paint scheme or uh, almost any other court in America. Do you choose any other court in America over over TCU? Well, I, I made the point that I thought that one reminds me of the Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, the Brooklyn Nets obviously have a much better, better team than TCU. But uh, it's just, it's goofy looking. I, I like the traditional, you know, brown or tan, you know, brown, the traditional wood, not the uh, the painted gray. You know, it looks, it looks goofy. I, I don't like it. Yeah, it's almost it, it's up there with the uh I think people were comparing it to which is worse Oregon's court where you're like looking down through the tree grove or something. That one's kind of a rough one to look at too. Yeah, I like Oregon better than I like TCU though. <laughs> yeah. Brent, when you were when you played, did they have I don't remember courts like that, you know, back in the 90s like crazy designs was there any of that back in the 90s when you played i i don't remember anything I, you know kansas may have had that big um jayhawk in the middle or something like that but there wasn't it wasn't like you see it now my last year was 98 and um it was pretty traditional back then and and not not what you see now i'm not against you know new things but uh i i, I prefer <laughs> the more traditional style i I think West Virginia's court is as good as anyone's in the country. I honestly believe that their their paint scheme, everything is really neat. Well, right now it seems like the the trend is to somehow stain your state shape in the middle of your court. That seems yes. to be a popular trend. If yes. you look at uh, yep. what Ohio State has it, 
Um, Texas, I think, has it. So, I mean, it's it's a popular thing to do. Now, I will say, to talk a little bit about basketball, which we, we should anyways, uh, Jalen Bridges, you know, had a, had a really solid game against TCU, had a solid game against K-State, and Huggins came out this week and had a statement about JB that said the state of West Virginia needs to be very, very proud of one of its own. Not only has he become a very good Big 12 player, but he's a class person as well. Brent, have you, how much have you, I know you watched him a lot in high school and now, you know, you kind of see him play for WV. What have you seen in the last couple of weeks of his involvement? I, I just like seeing him be more active, you know? So in, in TCU, he's four for four from the field, ends up with nine points, you know, but it, it seems to me like he's being more active now than he was early on. I thought he was a little bit hesitant at first, you know, coming on playing for his home university. But now it looks like he's actually not just sitting up and, and taking three-pointers, but he's actually attacking some and trying to do more with the basketball. Really, really happy to see that. Yeah, and and not only that, I mean, he's starting to score. He's starting to take control. I mean, he had, I think it was, what, nine points in the game against TCU? TCU. Eight points. Yep, yeah, eight, eight points. Yeah, eight points against yeah, K-State. Yep. So, you know, he's he's it, consistency is starting to come into his game every week. Yeah, I, I like the fact that, you know, he, this last game, he shot one three-pointer. Most of the time we've seen him, or I don't want to say most of the time, but a lot of the times he's been a spot-up three-point shooter. Um, they'll drive, kick it out, and he'll, he'll take the open shot. But, you know, I, I've seen him more these last couple of games actually attack the hoop, get fouled, get to the free-throw line. Um, really happy just playing more aggressive. Really happy to see that. Do you, do you think, Brent, that they're – early on was probably an adjustment because in my mind, I would have thought that he would be maybe Emmett Matthews handcuff, right? So I, in my mind, in the beginning of the season figured Emmett Matthews would probably start somewhere in the three could slide into the four, I guess, depending on if uh, Oscar or Derek were in and, and then maybe Jalen would come in. But now that you see Jalen and Emmett out there together maybe there was a little bit of uh, a sorting out or a feeling out phase for for Jalen where he tried to get his you know feet underneath him and figure out where exactly or what exactly his role was I think that's absolutely true I think early on I remember talking I don't know if it was with you guys or other people but uh, you know we're talking about where they're they're so deep this year where are we going to get these minutes and uh, he wasn't going to be taking minutes from Oscar or Culver um, so where do those minutes come from? And it, it, it came from, uh, you know, Emmett Matthews. So with Oscar gone, that opens up more for some, some bigger guys like a Jalen Bridges. And, and, you know, it's taken him a little while, I think, to adjust to his role on the team. But he's definitely more comfortable now than he is at, at you know, earlier this season. Or at least that's, that's the impression I get. Yeah, and I think against K-State, we needed kind of needed all hands on deck Guido because I think early really early uh Derek Culver picked up I think two fouls and had to start kind of metering minutes along and then we don't we don't really know I was talking to some folks on Twitter back and forth I guess um Hugs didn't really confirm it but it seemed like um Deuce is nursing what I think is like a turf toe injury they someone mentioned and so he didn't I don't think he started uh, I think his minutes were you know not like his normal level of minutes really these last few games. And so I thought in the first half of that K-State game, they also ramped up their defense and it was actually pretty close, you know, still at the half, certainly still a game. Now we broke it open in the second half, but you could, uh, you kind of felt like, 
you know, not that I want to see, you know, not that I want to see the need for that, but it was nice to know that other people could step in and step up if, if, you know, two of your main cogs aren't, you know, aren't really hitting on all, on all cylinders for whatever reason. Uh, Yeah. I think Deuce, you know, was, has this injury that, you know, a a turf toe, whatever you call it in basketball, basketball toe, court toe. Um, Yeah. Court toe, maybe. Court toe. You had this injury uh, that I think that it's not that he wasn't playable. I think that they are just coming down, looking at the teams that they're playing, going into tournament time. Like they're just trying to watch his minutes, not make it any worse than it than it needs to be. But I did. I will say in the K State game, you know, you saw WVU play WVU defense. Now I don't know how much of that is the fact that Bruce Weber has a horrific squad this year or what. Um, you know, WVU just. That 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 K State team is. I mean, after playing TCU, and you're like, ah, oh, TCU's like TCU, not great. And then you play K State, and they. I felt like, I mean, I know K State kept it close a couple of times. I think they were within two at one point, but all in all, West Virginia was just kind of. It was like a it was like a cat playing with a mouse. Like West Virginia just kind of took care of it. Fran Fran Fraschilla did a masterful job trying to um, be fair on both sides. I mean, but. Some of the, the compliments he had of the K-State team were, I mean, if you know and, and watch enough basketball or hear Fran talk enough, he was doing everything he could to, like, highlight some of the bright spots. And one of those right. was uh, that Bradford guy who scored 11 points. Uh, he wasn't – I mean, he was okay. I didn't think he was anything crazy. He was – he at one point I think Fran called him, like, a young David McCormick, which I'd, I don't know that I'd see that. And then uh, McGurl – uh, who kind of looks like Shanene from uh, from Martin? Uh, he he was the other guy that he got kind of talked up and told uh, told the audience that uh, that he thinks that that guy should come back for a sixth year or fifth year because he's now just kind of stepping into his own. Um, that Kansas State team is rough, and we didn't. I, to be honest, Bruce Weber didn't chirp like he normally does no he was kind of quiet i mean i don't know how much of it is a broadcast but he was he was definitely kind of quiet brett when you're playing you know and you're especially towards the end of a season like this you're in a you're on a team that's you know going to be seated pretty well in you know you know you're gonna get seated pretty well going into the tournament ncaa tournament and you play a team that is of the caliber of k of k state do you do you as players, like, do you guys back your game down a little bit? Do you change the, you know, is does the coach change the way that he manages the game just because of players and time? And, you know, how much does that change going into a game like that? Um, I, I mean, I've seen some of that where, you know, if you're playing a team like a Kansas State and you get an early turnover, you might not get yanked right away. Whereas if you're in a bigger game and, the coach is a little bit more wound up. You you may get pulled immediately for a bad play. Uh, so I, I think there is some of that. But, uh, you know, the coaches, for the most part, are going to treat every game the same. And sometimes, though, you'll see the players, you know, half asleep when the game starts. And then, you know, the longer you play like that, the more opportunity the other team thinks that they can actually win. And that's where you start seeing some games go down to the wire. But uh, a good team that's a, a little bit older should put a team like this away early. And we saw West Virginia really put them away in the second half. Um, But even though the game was closer in the first half and and starting the second half, 
I never felt at all like the game was in jeopardy. I'm like, hey, it's just it's just a matter of time before we pull away. I, I wasn't nervous at all for this one. I totally agree with that. I mean, I didn't have my usual level of nervousness when the game started to get close. You know, Guido, my traditional WVU fan, you know, like, oh, I didn't get those, you know, jitters. I just felt like, like, like Brent just said, it was just, you could just tell it was like, okay, you know, over, we're, we're going to wear this team down. And I thought that's what happened in the second half for sure. DC back to playing. I mean, not that he hasn't, but DC back to getting double doubles again, uh, still playing strong, getting a lot of, uh, starting to get a lot of NBA talk. Uh, you know, I'm wondering at this point now, as well as he's playing, uh, what he's probably looking at for time coming into the tournament, what he could probably show. I mean, are you guys, any of you guys worried about Derek Culver going to the NBA, going to the draft after this season? Uh, for, from, from my perspective, I'm not sure. Now, the NBA scouts will say one um, area that translates very well from college to the NBA is rebounding. And, and obviously, he's very, very good at that. Um, he, he can rebound in the NBA. There's no question about that. What I worry about is, you know, getting the ball low. Yeah, he's got a nice little left hook and all that, but he he's he's not a, really a refined scorer, at least in my opinion. Um, his his mid range shot could improve, um, but maybe those are things an NBA team could work with him on. But uh, I would certainly not say. You know, it's a lock for him going pro next season. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I think that's kind of the reason I love Derek Culver is because he's not refined. You know, I feel like he yeah. fits us. Like, I love when he just kind of bulls in, um, you know, kind of contorts his way to the bucket and gets one to fall. I mean, I, I kind of love those plays. But I think when I think about the uh, someone having an NBA quote-unquote game, then it, it feels like Brent's saying maybe a little bit more refined, a little bit more you know, the edges are smoothed out. You can, you know, you're more of a jump shooter in some cases. So I, you know, I don't know if, if that's something that would be in the immediate future, but I, you know, I guess for, for my two cents, then I would think he would, he would come back for his senior year Guido, but maybe, you know, who knows? I, I don't know that he goes. I, I think that if he, if he were to get drafted, I think he's maybe a second round. I mean, I don't know. I'm not an NBA scout, but I'm going to guess he's probably a second round guy based on the fact, like Brent just said, he's not, he has very little um, to offer beyond five feet from the basket offensively. I mean, he's not he's not even shooting foul shot distance jump shots anywhere. So I, I think he's maybe a second round guy, um, potentially a project, somebody that you know a team would draft and then stuff down in the G League for a while. But I mean, I don't know if I mean I guess getting paid professionally is getting paid professionally, but. If if I were to play college basketball, I don't know that I would want to leave college basketball in a good situation to go play in the G League. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's just me. Well, I thought it was interesting. Fran Fraschilla actually talked a lot about Taz Sherman and, and Taz being able to take advantage of that added year that the NCAA is allowing and to come back and not – because, you know, Taz – would probably most likely go pro after this year, possibly make a G League team, but more likely maybe go and play in Europe and make whatever 40, 60 grand a year playing in Europe. But now, you know, is how what's it going to be like for Taz to come back next year and be able to kind of build on, you know, what he's what he's doing right now this year and then, you know, then from there have a potential to jump even higher into if it's NBA or again more in the international side of things. Uh, just interesting to think about. This is the first team, I think, since, I mean, definitely the 2010 team where 
we've had you know guys that you look at and you go man there's there's four or five guys that are going to go pro- it could go pro on this team yeah, well the obvious ones would be Culver and you know we haven't talked about uh, uh McBride I, I I personally think McBride's the best player on the team this year he already has an NBA mid mid-range game um you know he's working on his uh, his um out you know his three point which isn't terrible but he can also attack the basket and he's a heck of an athlete. There's been a couple times where he drove, finished with his left like strong. And I was like, "Man, that is a big time move." So his defense is good. He I, I think he personally has got the best shot of playing in the NBA out of anyone on the team, but there's you know, you you're even starting to see some guys like Sean McNeil in the NBA that are uh spot up three-point shooters. So, you know, who who knows? You know, this team does have a lot of upside to it. So we head into the last week of the regular season. We've got three games left. Number two, Baylor, is the first one on Tuesday. Then TCU comes to town on Thursday. And Oklahoma State comes to town on Saturday. Baylor, guys. So big game for us. I feel like we have been waiting for to play Baylor for so long. Like, I, I didn't even know this would ever happen. Like, we've been waiting all season to play this Baylor team. We finally get to do it in Morgantown. We're probably going to be, we, as you guys know, we record this show on Sunday nights, so by the time it comes out on Monday and you hear it, we already know we're going to be ranked. But we're probably going to be ranked, I'm going to guess, six or seven going into that game on Tuesday night against Baylor, who's going to hold their two ranking more than likely. How, where, how do you guys feel moving into this Baylor game where Baylor's played, like, what, two games all of February, I think? And, you know... Now they're matching up against us, and we're kind of on a hot streak. Yeah, the only thing to me that, and I hate to say this because I'm not throwing a wet blanket on anything, but it just stinks that Kansas just beat them over the weekend. Um, I was really hoping they would roll into Morgantown, you know, still, you know, with no no losses coming in like that. So it it doesn't. I mean, it's still Baylor. They're still they're still a terrific team. They're still almost running away with this regular season conference. Um, so it's still going to be a huge game, but it's just a bit of a, it took a little dent there with their loss to Kansas. But I think it's, it's super advantageous these four home games for WVU because not only do we play so well at home, but we also kind of have the ability to finish out. Um, you know, a lot of people already were kind of, I saw some conversation here over the weekend where some people had us on the three line. I saw some people even inching us up toward the two line. If, if you kind of finish out these, you know, you've now been kind of not gifted, but you've been, you know, kind of this fortuitous reschedule of home games. You finish these out. It seems like such a huge, even regardless of kind of what you do in a conference tournament, it seems like a huge momentum that you could build going into seeding and going into the bracket selection, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it. I feel like it was a gift. I feel like four home games, you know, the chance of winning out. I mean, if we went out and, go, you know, we're going to finish this week. If we went out, we're going to go into the Big 12 tournament. Probably the top four team in the nation, top four. I mean, we'll probably easily be top five team in the nation. And, I mean, I think all of a sudden, even if we play somewhat subpar, only win one game, maybe two games in the, the Big 12 tournament, I still think we get a, a easy three seed and probably a two seed. I mean, I, I, and it, and, uh, I read an article today uh, from one of the WVU, you know, uh, 
pages where, I mean, it's not out of the realm that we're a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Something's never, I mean, at least in our lifetimes, has never happened. Guido, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. This, uh, this home stretch is a gift, especially as far as WVU has to travel for all the games. You know, Iowa State's the closest game, and that's, you know, six or probably 800 miles away. So there's a massive amount of traveling that they have to do. And to be able to close out the season at home, you know, helps a lot. Helps their legs, helps just their energy, all of that. And uh, yeah, I I see them as being a a three seed, possibly a two um, as well. And, and, you know, that that type of of seeding is going to help us as well. Because these guys, you know, well, everyone missed the NCAA tournament last year, so... There's going to be a lot of nerves. There's not a whole lot of NCAA experience with this team. So to get a game, you know, under your belt against a a subpar team in the tournament. Now we know upsets can happen and all that, but but the likelihood of us, you know, dropping to a, you know, a 13 seed or something like that is, is small. So that that helps us from that end as well. Just the lack of of postseason experience. Johnson, knowing West Virginia like you do, as a typical West Virginia fan. Yes. Okay. Are you excited to not be an underdog or would you prefer to be an underdog? Because I feel that typical West Virginia fan relishes the underdog role and doesn't know how to handle the the front runner role. I I think of when um a couple years ago we we uh, what we became the number one team in the country for like a a day, and then we lost to Baylor like the next day. You guys remember that? And and then right. we were knocked out of the number one spot. I mean, it was like the like we just didn't know how to handle the. I I mean, I, and I know that doesn't really matter, but are you looking forward to being a front runner, or would you rather be the? The the hunter, not the hunted. Well, I always enjoy being the underdog, but skewed in this situation, you just have to see. I'm a veteran of this fandom, and so you just change your scope, you just change your context. So if I'm on the three line, if I'm a three seed, I probably find that I'm able to uh, figure out that the committee ranked me as the lowest three and I'm angry about it and I'm still the (laughs) underdog. So it's just in how you I'm a veteran of rooting for this team and how you you just have to change, you know, your your scope of what you're looking at. I think my my prediction is we're going to be a high seed, but somehow the committee will put some sort of like arch enemy against us. Right. So then people will be like, this is just the committee trying to screw us because right. they put. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. 100%. Somehow Kentucky's got a losing record, but we have to play Kentucky <laughs> great. That's just <laughs> yeah, great. Right. Like, that's that's how- a West Virginia. That, you, right. you bottled that right up there, Scoot, because that's exactly how we're See, right. you've lived yeah. in the state long. You've lived in the state long enough. You figured it out, Scoot. Of course. Went, yeah. They got they there put quickly. Kentucky in there. They, oh, we got to play. Duke makes it in the tournament. We got to play Duke now. That's like, that's what will happen is we'll end up getting a uh, a blue blood and it'll freak people out. Brett, when you were playing, when you well, that Sweet Sixteen year, like, were, how much were you guys? I mean, obviously Selection Sunday, which was still, I mean, that was a thing then. Uh, how much was seeding like something that you guys were, you know, felt that it was real important to you? We didn't pay any attention to that at all. Um, our junior year, my junior year, we were the first uh, Big East team, I believe, that had twelve or ten wins that didn't make the NCAA tournament. So we got. We felt like we got massively slighted the year before. And then so when we made the tournament our uh, senior year, 
we didn't pay any attention to what uh, seed we were. We just cared that we were in. So the, obviously that's not going to be the case with these guys. They know they're in. Um, they know they're going to be a good seed. Um, and, you know, it will be interesting to see who we, who we match up with. Because a couple of years ago, we ended up getting Marshall. You know, we had to play Marshall in the first or second round. And what, what are the chances of that happening? So, uh, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they have us match up against. One other thing, though, about this team. A, a couple of years ago, I, I felt like, hey, when we get to the NCAA tournament, we play such physical basketball that the, not, the people that aren't in our conference aren't used to us. There's an automatic advantage going into the tournament because they, they don't know how we play. I, I don't feel that's the case with this team. You know, we don't play that physical press Virginia basketball that we did a couple years ago. So there's not going to be that shock factor um, when, when non-conference teams come up against us. This Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Sorry, Scoot, go ahead. I was going to say, well, this doesn't feel – and it, I know we've talked a little bit about it before, Brent. This doesn't feel like a um, – uh, like even like a Big East team where you've got a couple of just I – mean, I know we've got Derek Culver, but in the Big East, I think it, the battles were all inside the paint, and, and this team is not looking to really battle inside the paint. They're looking to feed feed Culver, and then if he's double teamed, he's looking to, to pass out of that. Yeah, he's so physical, and you know he would he would have been great in the Big East. But but you're right, there's really not another player that you know will go in there and scrap and knock anyone around, with the exception of Gabe. Gabe Gabe could have played in the Big East as well. So those two guys, you know, are bangers. And other than that, though, there's really no one. Yeah, and I think that you know, looking at, I mean, and granted, guys, you know, we've got we've got to get through the rest of this week. We've got to get through you know the Big Twelve tournament. Then then we'll deal with Selection Sunday, whatever it is, two weeks from today. Uh, you know, I think that the big, the, the biggest thing for this team moving forward is to, I think they're at a good place and to try not to change too much and to keep that passion and keep working together. Cause I mean, we saw it, you know, with the coming, you know, we, we, we talked about it last week, coming back by, twice this year down by 19. It's, it's the fact that this team finally, if any of, of any of Huggins teams, and we saw it, I think the 2010 team was the same way. Like, when these teams play together, when these guys are out there playing together, it's a completely different team than when if you you know when you're relying on one guy or two guys or you know whatever. So, I, I think the biggest thing is you know let's take care of Baylor this week. Let's get into you know let's get pretty deep if not win the conference tournament and then you know let's let's do some work when we get to tournament time. A part 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 of the fun uh, of a selection Sunday, though you mentioned selection Sunday, this you know maybe think of something. You know, it's not only what seed you get and who you're playing, but a lot of the fun is where you know are you are you going to be close to the home fans? Are you going to be on the other side of the country? So right. all of that is you know that suspense is out the door. So I I don't know that it's going to be as you know, big of a spectacle as it has been in the past because you don't know where you're going to be. You could literally be in L.A. or Seattle or Boise, Idaho, or you could be up in Pittsburgh just, you know, one hour away. So, you know, that suspense is now gone. So it, it makes it actually makes Selection Sunday a little bit less fun for me. Yeah, you're going to be either in Indianapolis or Indianapolis or Indianapolis. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe the suspense will be uh, during Selection Sunday, the show, what – kind of food spread wvu is going to provide the players is it going to be catered in is it you know is it going to be chicken is it is it Excuse, you think a nugget tray you think a nugget I mean, tray maybe that would be something 
<laughs> Could it be like a spread like uh, the White House rolled out for, was it Alabama or Clemson? It was Clemson when Clemson won what, the national. Big Macs for everybody? And... Yeah, like a big platter of Big Macs. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Hey, uh, other news, guys. We did get to see uh, another West Virginia player finally score for WVU. Jay Moore, walk-on for the team, got in the game uh, against K-State. It was like, you know, cleanup time. You know, you get to see Spencer Mackey, who's like the fan favorite of cleanup time. And then you get to see Jay Moore from Be- Beckley, right, uh, get in get in and play, scored two points. So that was that was, uh, that was a good time for him. Yeah, and Hugs said uh, they're probably dancing in the streets of Beckley. After that bucket, yeah, right. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, so good for him. Good for WVU. Wins two games this week over K State and TCU, and moves on to play Baylor later this so, week. So, Scoot, one last thing. Um, Hugs picks up win number eight ninety eight. You think this guy has a shot at the Hall of Fame? Uh, well, <laughs> he'll have to wait till next year, I'm sure, okay. because it's just ridiculous. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm I'm almost kind of interested. Here's a here's a good question: Who will finish the season? postseason included who will finish the year i should say with more victories roy williams or bob huggins oh i knew you were gonna say that yeah. i knew you were gonna say that roy williams just got his 900th yeah, yeah. his last yeah. game just got his 900th so i think um, hugs i got hugs i think hugs yeah, can do i think it too. hugs i think hugs too but I roy williams has probably been in the hall of fame for like eight years <laughs> a decade no what year roy williams has been in the hall of fame since probably oh man now you got me. I yeah, I it think up. it's been a while. I think it's been a while. Because that say. makes sense. He's been 2007. 2007. Scooby. Well, it's back to what we said. I mean, but not to belabor the point because we talked a little bit on last year, but he has his national championship. And so I think that. Uh, I mean, I think get that. It. And he's out of blue blood. So. All right. West Virginia uh, plays this week. Baylor games on Tuesday. It's on ESPN at, at a wonderful time. Five o'clock. Brett, you're going to be able to eat your dinner and watch the game at the same time. You might time. be awake. For the second yeah, half this time. <laughs> hey, those those <laughs> 9 o'clock games are incredibly tough for me. Weekday games. You know, if it's the weekend, I can catch a nap. But, man, I'm uh, I'm an old soul. And I, I like to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. And those late uh, 9 o'clock games are tough. So this is five, perfect five for me. 5 o'clock's like the blue plate special basketball game this yeah, week. Yeah, that's kind of yes. a weird time, though, isn't it? I mean, 5 p.m. Yeah. is like, wait, what? There's a game on? All right, hurry up. Turn it on. Brent, you're going to have to ask Denny's if they can turn a channel to the game when you're in there <laughs> at 4 o'clock for your, for your dinner. <laughs> Uh, uh, WVU plays Thursday at 7 p.m. That game's on ESPN Plus against TCU. And then Saturday, game's at 2 o'clock. It's going to be on one of the ESPN networks that hasn't been announced yet. And then Big 12 tournament play starts next Wednesday, so a week, the 10th, Wednesday the 10th. So um, other news, other WVU sports news, because we don't just talk basketball, but we we do talk other sports. WVU baseball uh, did some work this weekend. Uh, they played down in Coastal Carolina's home stadium, and they won two out of three games, losing to Coastal Carolina, the only televised game, and they lose it. Uh, five to ten, but they beat Kennesaw State and they walloped them thirteen to three, and they won on Sunday today uh, against Bryant nine to seven. And Matt McCormick still hitting home runs, hits another one over the weekend. Uh, so that's what three in the last seven games, I think. So he's doing good. They open up Friday at three p.m. in Morgantown for their first home game of the season. And boys, it's also televised three p.m. on Friday. You can watch it on ESPN Plus. So put your nickels in the te- television so you can watch some baseball. That'll be dessert time for Brent. Dessert so, time. Well, 3 p.m. Three, it's three. Yeah, you can get that one before dinner. 
Yeah. Appetizer. appetizer. Yeah. That's appetizers. Those are appetizers. Yeah, I'll get an appetizer for that one. Uh, WVU women's continues to do well. They had a tough loss against Iowa State in Ames uh, last week, uh, 68 to 85, but they beat Kansas 72 68 this weekend in the Fog Allen. They're still 18 and four, doing really well heading into playoff time. They play K State on the third and they play Baylor on the eighth to wrap up their regular season. Those games are also televised on ESPN. Plus, a lot of West Virginia stuff is on ESPN+. Plus. I'm just saying. You might as well pay the five bucks and watch it this month. If you have to. If you have to. I mean, you know. If you read Uh, Twitter, you would think ESPN Plus costs like $5,000 a season. Right. And I'm one of those people that's constantly complaining. It is. If you step Uh, back, it is kind of comical. Because everyone says, I do pay this stuff, you know. But it's like, come on. It's it's, Yeah, it's like, it's actually not bad. I know. And as you complain about it, but I will say, like, if you are a West Virginia University sports fan and you like watching anything WVU, there's a ton of stuff on there to watch. I mean, there's wrestling. There's, I mean, there's sports I know nothing about that are on there. I mean, and, and Johnson, I know you're a big Skip Bayless fan, so you can get your get up. Yes. I, you know, you can, you can watch those from start to finish. Oh, if you well, like. I mean, sold, right? I think it's just yeah. the fact that people hate kind of getting nickel. It feels more like you're getting nickeled and dimed. Like, I used to watch this stuff on ESPN. Now well, I watch yeah, it. Yeah, but on you a never watch. I mean, like, but when we back, I mean, come on. Like, did we ever watch WVU baseball games? There was no way to ever watch. No, a WVU you're right. And game. for that stuff, I feel like it's totally worth it because now you're getting stuff you would have never watched. The, you know, the, the women's basketball was never televised. Yeah. Maybe one game a season right, on, on regional. Right. You know, I would agree uh, so, with that. Yeah. So I, I think it's great for for those for those instances. I agree. Uh, in WVU football news, uh, Drashawn Miller lands at Auburn, so we were all wrong about Georgia. Yeah, I totally expected him to to follow Coach Adai, but you know what? Good for him. I just the reason I wanted to bring this up, Guido, is because it just pains me. You know, I I he was one of those players you love to root for. He was such a strong force on the defense. So good for him. Um, but we'll certainly miss him. I guess it's next man up for the defensive defensive backs. And Darius Stills, uh, still draft stock is continuing to rise uh, for him. He met with the 49ers, and he still got the combine. He got his combine invite. So that's coming up here in April for – or no, that's coming up here at the end of March, I think, is when they do yeah, the combine. Right. So you, yeah, so you've got uh, you've got Darius going into the combine here for the NFL shortly. Brent, thanks so much for being on the show again this week, and we're excited that you're going to come back next week. We're going to preview – uh, the Big 12 tournament next week, and that'll be exciting. And then we'll talk uh, NCAA tournament, and then we're going to talk first round and second round wins, and then we're going to talk, you know, Elite Eight, Sweet 16, and Elite Eight wins, and and then, and then we'll, you'll be on, and then you'll be on to talk to us about Final Four national championship. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's weeks hey, of dealing with us, bro. Yeah. If you're a, if you're a basketball fan, a, a basketball junkie, this is the best uh, the best time to be a sports fan. Um, March Madness is by far, you know, over the Super Bowl, over anything else, at least for me, my favorite time of the sporting year. I totally so I'm, agree. I'm happy to be a part of it with you guys. And I'm going to throw out a little tease. Brent may or may not, for our Twitch Twitch fans, may or may not have a, uh, a home Nerf court where he can demonstrate some low post moves and, and some of the stuff that Derek Culver has been doing. So if, uh, if you aren't watching Twitch, you need to start watching Twitch because Brent from his uh, – his home court 
uh, will be will be demonstrating almost like if you watch MLB TV and they show the guys how they like uh, go over like turning a double play or something. They've got that like ridiculous yeah. like in right. studio court or field. Brent has got an in studio <laughs> right. basketball that's, that's right. court at his house. Yes, Nerf. Nerf. Yeah. And he will be demonstrating. Nerf. He will use his son as uh, his, his son will his be son, right? a yeah. wayward Big Twelve defender, and uh, he will get posterized by Brent. So check it out in future weeks. Yeah, as long as I'm the one on offense, because my son might get the ball and break an ankle of mine. So uh, <laughs> we could do that for sure. Uh, all right, Brent. Well, thanks for being on. We'll see you next week, buddy. I appreciate it. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back with the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortech Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortechKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortech, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortech Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears on Guido along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, you can find us on social media. Look for us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears On. Well, guys, it's time for the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. Last week, Johnson won to close the gap. Scoot still has the lead 4-3, to three, but Johnson knows more about WVU baseball, or at least according to our metrics. Clearly. Uh, so Clearly, clearly. Uh, so, Scoot, um, you know, he's catching up. Johnson could tie it this week. Not likely to happen. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Not likely to happen. Well, let's see, because this week I thought, you know, we need to, I'm trying to keep it fresh. I went back to pop culture, oh, but yeah. it's something that's kind of from our teenage years, oh, guys. Yeah. We're, we're, we're in our 40s, and there was a very popular show that was on MTV when we were yes. young and is now coming back. Uh, in a movie form, it's a little show called Beavis and Butthead. Beavis oh. and Butthead's coming back. So this week, I'm giving you guys questions about the famous mm. MTV <laughs> show Beavis and Butthead. I did waste a lot of time at, at the time, waste you know, watching Beavis and Butthead scoot. So you might be in trouble. Uh, yeah, I might be because I don't. Now, granted, I haven't thought about it since that time, but I don't know that I spent more than. 20 minutes of my life watching Beavis and Butthead, so it'll be interesting. <laughs> oh, no. That's going to be rough for you, Scoot. Well, they've announced they're coming back with a new Beavis and Butthead uh, this year, new and uh, new cartoon Beavis and Butthead, so exciting, exciting news there. So uh, we had, before we started, a complete and total random flip of the coin, and Johnson, you get to go first this week. Let's do it. Congrats. All right, guys, remember, correct answer is worth five points, a steal is worth 10 points, and final bluff is worth 25 points. Here's the first question to you, Johnson. What was the name of the town that Beavis and Butthead lived in? Was it Flatsburg, Highland, Arlen, or Rattleville? Huh. This is a bit of a curveball, Guido. I'm going to go with Highland. 
That's correct. Highland was the name of the fictional town in uh, Texas, on the Texas-New Mexico border that Beavis and Butthead are from. So there you go, Johnson. Quick lead come out uh, with five points. Scoot, next question is back to you. Mike Judge, the creator of Beavis and Butthead, also wrote a 90s cult classic comedy movie. What was the name of that movie? Was it Dazed and Confused, Half-Baked, Office Space, or Kingpin? Well, based on uh, my Beavis and Butthead uh, knowledge, I'm going to go with Dazed and Confused. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson for 10 points and the steal. I think Mike Judge wrote Office Space. That is correct. Office Space. Johnson used to live that jo- you live that movie every day, didn't you, Johnson? That, that's right. It'd be great if you could uh, get those TPS reports submitted, Scoot. Don't forget to put covers on your TPS reports, Johnson. Hoarding staplers. I thought that's what you were going with, <laughs> that he hoarded a stapler. <laughs> All right. Johnson has a huge lead right now, 15 to nothing over Scoot. And this next question, Johnson, is actually- Look at that lead, Scoot. It's back to you. It's huge. That's a huge lead. All right. Before getting picked up for a full series on MTV, Beavis and Butthead had a short called Frog Baseball. That was on what variety show on MTV? Was it The Tom Green Show, The Ben Stiller Show, Liquid Television, or Al TV with Weird Al Yankovic? Oh, well, I think this was a short on The Tom Green Show. Oh, man. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Scoot, back to you. Uh, Frog Baseball was a short on what MTV variety show? Was it the Ben Stiller show, Liquid Television, or Al TV with Weird Al Yankovic? Um, well, I, Tom Green came out after after Beavis and Butthead, so I knew that one wasn't it. But I'm going to go Liquid Television. That's correct. For 10 points in the steal, it was on Liquid Television in 1991. I thought Liquid Television was like Aeon Flux and all those type of shows. Is, is that it, still the it, same it thing? Okay. Yeah, same thing. It was It was like a bunch of cartoon shorts, yeah, I think, is what it was. I, I guess yeah. I was thinking they weren't in with that, but all right, that makes sense. Does it make you feel old that everything yeah. we're talking about is like 30 it, years no, old No, it does. It's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> all right. Uh, so Scoot, that was a correct answer. 10 points and the steal right there. This next question is back to you. Before creating Beavis and Butthead for MTV, Mike Judge did what for profession? He taught math, sold propane and propane accessories, played bass in a touring band, or wrote for The Tonight Show? That is tough. I am going to say he wrote for The Tonight Show. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson, for 10 points in the steal, did he teach math, sell propane stuff, or play bass in a touring band? I'm going to say he was a math teacher. That's also incorrect. He actually played bass in a touring blues band through the late 80s and early 90s. Before, was, it, was it called Fooch? No, it was not called Fooch. Uh, before he decided to uh, to go after a career as a cartoonist and writer, so... Um, so anyways, guys, that, uh, nobody gets points there. And this next question is back to you, Johnson. Daria, which is also actually returning in 2021 was a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead. What was Daria's last name? Was it Smith, Morgan Durfer, Hex or Johnson? (laughs) 
I'm going to go just because I like it so much at this moment. I'm going to go with Morgan Durfer. That's correct. <laughs> it was more Morgan Durfer. Scooty, I feel like you were more of a Daria fan than, uh, uh, than you were Beavis and Butthead fan. I don't want to come across as, as highbrow, but I was uh, – Somewhat like anti-cartoon at this point in my life, so I've. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm, very high. Very I am a little uh, anti-cartoon. I'm, I'm I'm swimming. I'm swimming right now and trying to guess these answers. You are swimming, Scoot, and you're down ten points. But this next question is back to you. Final question before final bluff. On the show, Butthead's dad was a roadie for what '80s hair band? Was it Motley Crue, Def Leppard? Dawkin or Skid Row? Well, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Motley Crue. That's correct. For five points, Motley Crue was the right answer. Man, Scoot, you're, you're holding it for never, for only having watched maybe five minutes of yeah, this show. Those were effective minutes. I am very observant of things. I may not be paying attention, but I think I catch some things from time okay. to time. You catch things that's all I can, that's all right. I can guess. With. I don't know. So as we go into Final Bluff, Johnson, you only have a five-point lead, 20 to 15. And remember, Final Bluff is worth 25 points. As always, guys, you have to buzz in for this question, and we ask you guys to come up with your own buzzers. Scooty, what's your buzzer this week? <laughs> <laughs> all right. And Johnson, what's your buzzer? Cornholio. All right. Very good. All right. Final bluff. What was the name of the fast food restaurant that Beavis and Butthead worked at? Was it Double Meat Palace, Mo Burger, Burger World, or Smile Burger? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Scoot. <laughs> what was it? Uh, Burger World? That's correct for 25 points and the win on Beavis and Butthead Trivia. Scoot, it was Burger World. That is awesome. Congrats. (laughs) (laughs) They were like grill cooks or something, weren't they? One was was like a fry cook or something, right? Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. So Scoot uh, gaps the lead a little bit here and uh, is now leading five games to three over Johnson here in season two of Bluff the Fluffs. Johnson, uh, I kind of think you should feel a little bit embarrassed by that loss. No, that one got away from me. We we kind of lost the handle on that. We, you know, bluff the fluffs. You, when you get to final bluff, sometimes it's a heartbreak. You know that big that yeah. big point question. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. It is a, it is a heartbreak. It can be a heartbreaker. Congrats, Scoot. Do you feel good now? Spreading that lead a little better. I I think I like to be least anticipated instead of most wanted. I hear you. I, I, I can see that. Think about that for a little while. I mean, I have no anticipation of how you will perform every week, so. <laughs> That's right. I like to keep people guessing. All right, guys. Well, listen, let's take a break real quick. We're going to come back with a segment where we let Scooty uh, dive into the frylator that is the internet. It's a little segment we like to call, I can't believe my ears. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. 
Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears on Guido along with Scoot and Johnson. And I didn't get a chance to say this at the top of the show, so I'll say it now. Thank you to everyone, all of our fans, everybody who listens for ordering a Coach Huggins pullover guy shirt. Uh, we were so happy to be able to donate uh, the Day of the Fish Fry, a nice size donation of a few hundred bucks to uh, the Bob Huggins Fish Fry and the West Virginia University Foundation. And uh, we're going to keep those shirts up on our site. We're going to just start collecting money for next year. So anytime we sell one of those shirts, we'll put some of that money on the side and we'll make a, hopefully a bigger donation next year to the West Virginia University Foundation, the Bob Huggins Fish Fry. It was awesome. So don't forget, you can go online, go to GotYourEarsOn.com. You can find it right there to our merch section to get one of those uh, Pullover Guy t-shirts. Thanks, everybody. Johnson, there's a ton of other stuff, too, on our website. Yeah, that's right. So in addition to the Pullover Guy link, uh, you can also listen to the latest show right there in the sidebar. If you want, the tune-in link is right there. Um, you can also click on the blog post, and then we'll have all the rundown of everything we talked about on the show, uh, this week's show, as well as most of the links that we put in there for you to check out, too, if you want to look at it further. Um, and then finally, any past uh, shows, you can also check those out. So it's all right there on the website. Yes, definitely. So check it out if you get a chance. Got your ears on com. Well, every week on the show, we ask Scooty, very reluctantly, he accepts to go out there, stare at his phone, look at the internet, and find something interesting to tell us about. That's a little segment we like to call, I can't believe my ears. Scooty, what do you got for us this week? Uh, well, this one's a little weird, fellas. This one is maybe about as weird as we've talked. <laughs> okay. The other ones aren't weird? I was going to say, this is yeah, weird. I was going to say, Scooty. <laughs> this one's, and it's a little morbid. Oh, it's got <laughs> okay. Some, it's right. death again. There's more weird. death. More death. There is some weird. death. All right. Uh, maybe you heard the story here that uh, recently a judge had ruled that a woman, Barbara Rogers, who's 46 years old, was to remain in prison um, for her sentence of 15 to 40 years. Okay. For for murder. Okay. Uh, ooh. Uh, she murdered her boyfriend. Okay. He, yeah. Okay. Okay. He probably deserved it. Um, well, yes, you're probably right because you know why she murdered him. Any guesses, boys? Did he steal her <laughs> wedding ring to give it to another woman, like you reported on that last was, week? Uh, no, good guess. Good, good guess. guess. Close. No. You're close. Uh, how about you, Guido? Uh, I he. I'm gonna say he, playing out. He just cheated on her. He, you know, was out with another girl and and cheated on her. Um, also close. But okay. not not no. it. Okay. Uh, he um, or I guess they uh, were members of a doomsday cult. <laughs> All and right. Okay. Yes, yeah. and As they were convinced that uh, an extraterrestrial race of devil worshipping reptilians, oh. <laughs> shapeshifters, hate, hate those were looking to install the Antichrist <laughs> himself. As the supreme ruler of Earth. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Right. And I guess uh, she felt he was looking a little too reptilious. Oh, he, she and thought killed he, him. Like she he thought had, he was yes. one of them. Like he had yes. fallen in with the enemy. Like he had become a reptile, and uh, she killed. <laughs> so him. Guido, talking 
about, you know, Beavis and Butthead and things from, you know, right. old TV shows and stuff, this immediately reminds me, remember the show V? Yes. Yes. Where the people the landed, you know, they were aliens. They landed, they looked like normal people, but then people started to notice they had like a reptile under, right? Like under their, they, under their skin or whatever, right? Yeah, under their, under their facade, they had like reptile, you know. Do you think that's maybe where this cult got that idea? Well, that's immediately what it makes me think of. Yes, yeah, so and maybe they thought that was like a real potential outcome here. I got a question for you, Scoot. What what kind of belief system would a group of people have to have for you to become a cult member? Like what would the belief system have to be for you to be like, "Hey man, this is a this might be a cult I want to be a part of." I feel like it will involve Fiji water and cheese. <laughs> Cheese for sure. Cheese, cheese is on. Cheese, cheese has got to be involved. They're like, cheese, yeah. It's like it's like kind. they worship cheese. Is that what it is? Some sort of cheese maybe, worship? Maybe uh, bathe in cheese. Something. Something with cheese has got to happen yeah. for me. I, I can, I can uh, see that. But how would you be showing reptilian tendencies? I don't know. Like, did he like try to catch a fly with his tongue? <laughs> and, <laughs> like, and is it? And like, was it becoming forked? Or something like I'm just. I guess like, now, I guess what from reading this article, this this cult, the way they would try to um, prove that these uh, reptilious uh, aliens were taking over is they would look at before and after photos of celebrities before and after they had okay. cosmetic surgery. Okay. <laughs> And so they believe that, I guess, this was uh, some of the reptilious tendencies or, or the reptiles taking shape. My question They're is- They're like, hey, man, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow did not have scales before she went in there. Something's going well, on here. here's my question. Aliens, talking about aliens is strange anyway. Okay, I'll give you that. Do you believe in aliens, Scooty? Like, do you believe- I mean- like- I don't know. I've had this talk here recently yes. with a, a friend of mine right. who is very much so possibly a member of this cult. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure really if I should out him, but I will. Um, I, I think maybe there is something that is living. Do I think it's an alien? No, I think it's probably like an amoeba. I don't. I don't know that it's... <laughs> full-fledged like uh marvin the martian or the great gazoo i don't i don't think it's that the great gazoo i mean marvin martian was the guy that kind of had the upside down mop thing like uh, a cleaning uh, brush on his helmet right kind of like a uh, spartan gone bad right 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 like i don't know I, i certainly if there were they're not thinking about reptiles well, I mean, maybe reptiles are aliens, Scoot. That's what I think the, 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 the fact of the matter is. I mean, you don't know where they come from. Maybe, you know, there was somebody driving their spaceship by, threw a couple of alligators out the uh, out the window, and here we are 600 million years later, right, Johnson? I mean, you are wary of Gila monsters to begin with, horned frogs. We've talked about it <laughs> yeah, on the right. show before. There's various reptile-type things that you have a disdain for. I mean, think about a horned frog real quick. I mean, they shoot blood out of their eye yeah, sockets. Re- remember we had that discussion? I mean, that's That's not weird. from this planet. And there's poison dart frogs. Right? Weirdo. Those are it's a thing. It's all weirdo. 
I feel like John Johnson, you're an alien believer. You believe there's aliens out there. No, I'm not an alien believer. I don't think so. I have enough things to keep up with in my life right now. I don't have time for aliens. Okay, okay. let's just calm that down for a little bit. <laughs> just at least let me get through my master's degree, and then we'll we'll talk aliens. We'll talk I got aliens too much afterwards. stuff. I feel at times when we're talking to our friend that I have to like full fledged uh, defend defend normalcy. Well, in his defense, though, he's arguing math. And so odds, you know, there's some odds, I think, that he's arguing that there's something out there. And that is probably hard to argue, Scoot. Now, if are they are they lizards? I don't know. I don't I don't know where the math falls on possible lizardness of these aliens. Could living things be different than living things here? We we are saying that living things out there are like living things here. Right. What if they showed up and they were big chicken nuggets? Oh, man. <laughs> You'd have a problem, right? Like because you'd be de- like already deep fried chicken, like chicken walking chicken nuggets right. with legs. Yeah, because Scoot would be like, like remember, um, remember you the delicious. Yeah, right. Remember the movie Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? Like you know the turkeys became self aware and stuff like that. You know, and they were just like walking drumsticks. I'm just thinking like, if they showed up and they were big McNuggets. Scoot would be like, I'm having a real problem because I'm tr- I need to communicate with you, but I want to consume you at the same time, and this is this is difficult. I, I would just eat him. I wouldn't even try to communicate. All of a sudden, there's like him. a war, a planetary war, because Scooty ate some chicken nugget yes. people. Yes, and it all goes back and to all goes lunchtime of a certain date. Do you, Do you remember Flight of the Navigator? Yes. Okay. That that thing that looked like a mirror shaped. Uh, what is like what was yeah. that type of Nerf football? Yeah, the one that wasn't just like the regular football; right. it was like the swoopy looking like, one. Yes, I don't know what it was called. Turbo, it's, a Nerf Turbo. I think it turbo. was a Nerf Turbo. turbo. Yeah, yeah well, I think it was yeah. a Nerf Turbo. Yeah, that's what that flight of the Navigator looked like, but it was like mirror. Could that be out there? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I'm not. I'm not going to doubt that. That would be about as living a thing as I think we got, though. I don't think we've got uh, reptiles or chicken nuggets. I think our friend who is using math is saying it's very it's very small of us to think that, you know, mathematically there's gotta be something else living out in the universe. Right. Scoot. There's gotta be, maybe it's not, maybe it's not, you know, horn frogs. Well, here's the thing Guido that you have to know though about Scoot also wary of math. Like not a fan of this is true. You can't trust it. You can't trust math. I think when you bring math into the equation, Scoot was already not a fan. Now you're trying to bolster it with math. He's like, like talk to the hand. I, I don't like geometry. This sounds like there might be geometry involved, and I don't want to talk about it. I don't think there'll be geometry involved. Very suspect. Yeah. I'm not gonna do your I'm not gonna do your proofs, your true true false proofs. <laughs> I'm not gonna do any of that. The order of Pythagoras. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do your uh your your base times height times width. <laughs> not doing it. Scooty uh would never be a good actuary. He um, just would not. Like, I'm not doing your volume. I'm not doing no. your area. Take your get spreadsheets. Get out of here, alien beings. Take your spreadsheets and get out of here. Listen, we're not going to talk about uh, what kind of angle the shadow of my pine tree is going to cast at uh, three in the afternoon <laughs> uh, based on its height. I don't want to talk about that. Well, Scoot, I, uh, you know, I'm glad this kind of devolved into an alien discussion. All right. Well, listen, we should probably wrap up this week's show. On our alien discussion this week on the show, we talk aliens. Next week, who knows what we'll talk about. Hopefully basketball. So WVU uh, has three games this week, guys. Tuesday at 5 p.m., the Blue Plate special game against Baylor on ESPN. Johnson, you'll be wide awake for that game. Coming hot out of work. 
You're just yes. getting getting right off the work zooms and right into the WVU. Yeah. Let's do games. it. Yeah. Uh, Thursday, TCU in the Coliseum at games at 7 p.m. And Saturday against Oklahoma State as they travel the Coliseum. We wrap up the regular season. That game is at 2 p.m. on the ESPN Networks. Thanks to Brent Solheim for joining us. He'll be back next week. Super excited to have him on for all of March Madness this year. And don't forget, you can find us on social media. Look for us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at Got Your Ears On. Also, look for us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears On and find our website, GotYourEarsOn.com. Guys, thanks for joining us this week. We'll be back next week with another show. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On. Got Your Ears On.